Hi, and welcome to Right to Life of Michigan's Life Beat podcast. I am your host today, Anna Plymert, and I'm with Grace Hemmeke today. Hello. Chris is on spring break, so lucky Chris. Um, today we're just going to jump right into it, and we're going to be talking about um, Whitmer signing the repeal of our 1931 law yesterday. So it is officially repealed along with a couple other bills that have been in place for you know decades now that protected women and post-viability children. So we're going to be talking about that today. So obviously she'd been planning to do this for a while, ever since Prop 3 came out. That was kind of what they ran on. Mm-hmm. And now that they've done it, we're expecting more bills to be repealed or more laws to be repealed. Yes. I think the the ones that they did repeal yesterday um, were both House and Senate bills, meaning that um, they came from both chambers, were introduced in both chambers and then voted on, voted yes, so then they made their way to the governor's desk. Um and the big one was a 1931 law. And then another bill um, prohibited unregulated solicitation of different ways to perform an abortion. So I think within the law it says, um, like, potions, um, concoctions, or pills that would produce an abortion and that they're not regulated. So basically that just made at-home or do-it-yourself abortions, back-alley abortions, if you will, (laughs) legal in Michigan. So to us, and I would think that to the majority of people in our state could see that that is a common-sense law that needs to be in place that's there to protect women so that they don't find some some crazy concoction on the internet and then try it and no one knew that they did it and it you know it it injures them or kills them and there are, no one knows yeah it's definitely not a we want abortion sort of law that's more of a we want all kinds of abortion and we don't want any restrictions on it that's really weird to me because you you'd think that even for, well, abortion is a surgical procedure if you're not taking the abortion pill. Mm-hmm. And that requires, any any surgical procedure requires things like a sterile environment right. and tools and a qualified doctor. But it just seems like they're, they're taking away even those requirements, which is crazy to me. It's not a pro-woman it's not even masquerading as pro-woman at this point. It's just, it's going to harm people. Yeah, and I think we saw that when, um, just in the fact that they did repeal this 1931 law, which actually originates to 1846, but this law was um, still on the books during Roe v. Wade, and it was still partially enforced because we still had regulations and the interesting part is 
you know, during Proposal 3, they kept saying, oh, um, we need to get this into our constitution because it'll restore Roe in our state. Well, no. During Roe, we still had our 1931 law, and we still protected women from DIY abortions, and we still penalized doctors if they injured a woman, which is another law that got repealed yesterday. Um, and so you can see that it's they're they're radical and they're very extreme and if you know they don't want to have safe abortions if they did they would have some sort of regulation so it's interesting to see that they promoted proposal three on the basis that you know it's going to be regulated somehow like it was during roe v wade but then they took away all those regulations and some people could say well why wouldn't we repeal the 1931 law? It's, you know, it's useless at this point. Well, that's not true because it protected post-viability children, people, babies that were 24 weeks or older in the womb now are able to be aborted because we got rid of that law. I don't, I don't really have an answer for this, but with Proposal 3 being passed... That makes the 1931 law unconstitutional. Correct. Okay. So then, could they have left it? Could they have left an unconstitutional law on the books? Yeah, they could have. They could have. Um, they could have done the same thing that they did during Roe v. Wade, where technically the 1931 law was couldn't be enforced because it was. Um, federally constitutional that you could have an abortion mm -hmm. from Roe v. Wade. But we still had our 1931 law on the books, and it was still used in a couple cases. I think the, um, the most recent one was in 2019 when um, it was either a father or a stepfather um, gave his daughter... A, assaulted his daughter and then um, forced her to take the abortion pill and he was prosecuted from the 1931 law and so just because it wasn't able to be fully enforced because it did go against the constitutional right to have an abortion from Roe v. Wade um, it was still enforced in the other aspects of the law which are um, you know if a doctor performs an abortion He'll get charged. A doctor has to do it, not some random person. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, our, our Supreme Court said that this law is can be enforced um, within the realm of Roe v. Wade. So that's why they were able to do that. And they could have still kept that even though we have Proposal 3 and even though it's in our Constitution, they could have still kept those regulations and say, okay, we're going to regulate abortion and use this law to do it. Interesting. But they probably couldn't have because oh, I can't think of any part of the 1931 law that would even be enforceable. I mean, could you prosecute somebody who randomly gives their buddy an abortion? Well, not really. Well, that's, what, that's, three. <laughs> that's the whole... Um, 
debate of it is because we, you know, our side kept saying, if you pass this, then any random person can perform an abortion. There's no restrictions. And so they kept saying, no, that's not true. Um, It will still be regulated just as it was under Roe. Mm. Well, if it was, then you would have kept that law, meaning that if someone, if a woman got injured, then the abortionist could have been held accountable for injuring her or killing her. And now but they, they got can't. rid of that law yeah. completely. So that now there's no no restriction on no one will be held accountable. That seems like a a big service to the abortion industry. Yes. I mean we know a lot of in Planned Parenthood especially, a lot of abortion clinics are just interested in getting women there and getting them their abortion which is a big money maker for them even with insurance so if there's no restrictions and there's no way to legally hold someone accountable for damages mm-hmm. I, that's going to save them so much money in malpractice suits and right. in legal defense oh my goodness yeah yeah so i mean we all we all knew that she was going to sign these bills um, because she's made it very clear that her whole campaign was based off of, you know, increasing abortions in our state. It's funny on her, on her Twitter, she did this whole thread dedicated to abortion yesterday when she signed the bills, and she's all she's surrounded by all the sponsors of the bill and they're all wearing pink and they have signs everywhere that says bans off our bodies and in her thread she says um if you live in a state where you can't uh she didn't say abortion because obviously they wouldn't use that word right but if you can't get an abortion in your state come to michigan we're we're open and we would be so happy to have you so she she wants people to have an abortion here like she is promoting it it's so strange well didn't she say in in the signing process that abortion is good for the economy wasn't that one of the claims that she made yes i wonder if she's just thinking super short term good for the abortion industry economy because there's no way that a declining population is going to be good for any economy her reasoning is um, more young people will come to live here because they have reproductive rights, in air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that will make more people want to live here because they don't want to live in a state where they don't have control over their bodies. And so that will make more people in this state. And That's so sad. Yeah. But in, a, in the long haul, it's not going to. You have a couple young people that move here from where whatever state ohio i don't know and that's just a couple people but you're i mean our state is killing thirty thousand a year that's not gonna make up for that Mm -mm. so yes yesterday was a very sad day um and it's sad to see our governor just celebrating that and and telling people to move here based off of if you can kill your baby or not. But I think that will lead into our next topic. So we're still here, obviously. Right to Life of Michigan is still here. We've been here since Roe was in place for 50 years. 
Um, that was a constitutional decision on the federal level, allowing abortion for everyone. And now we just have it at our state level. And yes, it's terrible, but that's really no reason for right to life to go away. I mean, if, if we fought this all through the last 50 years, there's no chance that we're going to be leaving Michigan now. We're not going to pack up. I mean, just because the Democrats and pro-abortion advocates have legislative majorities and hold the executive branch in Lansing and have the majority on the Supreme Court, that doesn't mean that we're done. <laughs> it's It does look bleak, but we're here to create a culture of life, and we're here to have a grassroots support that goes all the way up. And I think what this shows us is that we do have a lot of work to do creating that culture but just because it's a big task doesn't mean that we're gonna give up right away and we're going to be here right and i think it's important to remember that because proposal three has passed um and all of these laws are getting repealed and you know we don't know what other laws are going to get repealed in the future um it could be the informed consent or parental consent um, which would be huge and so these laws are going to have fallout there's going to be people that suffer and get injured from these laws (coughs) being repealed and there's going to unfortunately probably going to be families that get hurt because a loved one was injured or whatever the case may be um, we're going to be here and we're going to make it our number one priority to keep track of those cases and um, to be at the forefront when those things happen so that way we're informing you guys about it and we're saying you know Michigan made this terrible mistake to pass proposal three but we can undo it eventually and so we're just going to be there um keeping track of all of these hope i mean it's awful to say like i hope none of that actually happens but we know considering it's going to. yeah considering that all of these um health and safety regulations just common sense laws are getting repealed it's kind of hard to say that it that it won't happen um And so that's going to be a really big, um, you know, campaign that Right to Life of Michigan is also going to be working on. Yeah, so I, we know that the Prop 3 proponents during the election cycle, a lot of them were from out of state and a lot of them were media. And it just goes to show that so much of Michigan was lied to. And I personally know people who are pro-life or moderate, and they voted yes on Prop 3 because they thought something else was going to happen. They thought they'd lose access to birth control or something like that. So I think what we're going to see is the results of Proposal 3, I mean, women and children being injured by incompetent doctors or by... By doctors, not even doctors, by just random people. Right, yeah. Or just unsterile surgical environments or whatever else. Mail order abortion pills, another one. But we're going to see the fallout from that. And we're going to be 
there documenting and we're going to be there to help these people so that when the time comes, we can show Michigan, hey, this is what you guys voted for. Maybe you didn't know you voted for it, but these are the consequences. Let's undo that. Yeah, and I think maybe from us working in the pro-life movement and we're following it every single day, there are cases like this where women get injured or something horrible went wrong that happen all the time. Mm -hmm. And the you know the mainstream media that doesn't pick it up people don't know about it but if you work in the pro-life movement you know about it and you see the stories and so for for us I think it's really important that we not just make it a pro-life thing if you're in the pro-life circle you know what's happening our mission is going to be that everyone needs to know about this and that it's happening and I don't think that it's happened yet. Obviously, these laws just got repealed yesterday. And um, we're expecting that more will come. Hopefully, they won't. But with the way our legislator is and governor, probably. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a big, big part of our mission. Obviously, our mission's not changing. We're still very pro-life. That kind of uh, leads into... A little other section that we're going to be working on as well. Part of our mission at Right to Life of Michigan is to fight against euthanasia and assisted suicide. That has been illegal in Michigan since 1988, I believe. Um, There was a ballot initiative and people voted against it. And so it has been illegal in our state for quite some time and we can kind of assume that maybe it'll come back around to our state considering our who's in office and and our proximity to Canada yes yes directly on the board of Canada which honestly I think could be beneficial to us because we can see all the horrible things that are happening in Canada it, it is so, making news. Yeah. Yeah. And you can still kind of see the news from that and you are aware of what's going on. Again, that might be if you're in the pro-life circle, you know what's going on and maybe the general public doesn't. But very awful things are happening in Canada because they fell down the slippery slope and they legalized euthanasia and then you keep going and you keep going and all of a sudden you have... Teenagers that have mental health issues and crises and they are applying for MAID is what it's called, and they're getting permission to go through with it. Or, or, um, we had homeless people applying for it. Yep. Or people that can't afford housing are applying for it, or they're sending out information to, um, people with disabilities. Because they applied for a wheelchair ramp, and they're sending information, hey, instead of a wheelchair ramp, you can get made. Hmm. So, and you can just see the fallout from all of that. But we're not naive to the fact that it could come back to Michigan, and it probably will at some point. And so, we are obviously very ready to fight against that if we need to. We have a lot of different resources for... Uh, educating people on the dangers of euthanasia and 
assisted suicide and so definitely prepared to fight against that hopefully we won't need to but I do think being so close to Canada you can kind of compare the two and you can see where it went wrong yeah I think they would be very risky for them to bring it back here to Michigan because people did vote against it and an overwhelming amount of people voted against it. I think the... It was like 70% of the vote was against it or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and <coughs> I think people can see where other states are struggling because they legalized it. And also there's not that many states to begin with in Mich- in the U.S. that has legalized it. And if they have, they've kind of left it there and not progressed. But again, Michigan is becoming a very... Anti-life state. Yes. Yes. So it's hard to say. We will definitely be keeping track of it and updating you on anything that we have, anything that... Um, anything that gets introduced or anything that happens with that hopefully it doesn't so what can we do to make michigan a pro-life state again (laughs) well um obviously there's nothing that we can do in this very moment to undo proposal three legislatively yes um and so the only way technically speaking, to do that would be to do another ballot initiative and to amend amend that constitutional right. Um, but for now, the, you can support the pro-life movement in Michigan by going to our March for Life in November. Which will be on November 8th, the day Proposal 3 was passed. Yes. Yes, we are partnering with March for Life. So we're having a Michigan March for Life at the Capitol in Lansing. I believe it starts at 11 a.m. You can check it out on our website, rtl.org. Slash events. Yes, so we're very, very excited about that. We hope to have a great turnout. And it's just a day to remember that proposal three got passed um just in the same way that the national march for life is a day to remember that roe v wade was ruled and um just bring awareness to all of the children that have suffered from from that passing and so we're very excited to get the whole state together and um, all come together and show that there are still people fighting and there are still people that don't support Proposal 3 and don't support our radical governor. Another event that we have that is super cool is the Legislative Day. I believe it's in May. Yep. Um, this isn't. This is more for our um, local affiliates and our state representatives and senators are able to come over and meet up with their local people that elected them (laughs) and so they're able to talk and say this is what I want to see from you this um, election cycle and so it's a really cool event to just 
meet uh, your legislator, be able to tell them, I really appreciate your votes. And so we have that event in May. So I've gotten a couple phone calls, emails from people who are, they realize how how bleak the situation looks legislatively, and they know that we're not going to overturn it next week. And they want to know what they can do to keep being pro-life. So, like, outside of a legislative circle, what can the average pro-lifer in Michigan be doing? I think probably the number one thing is to just stay involved. Um, If you already are involved in a pro-life organization, to don't, don't give up and say, well, we lost. We got there's nothing we can do anymore. We're just going to give up. Whether you were involved financially or you were volunteering or whatever you were doing, I would say keep doing that. And if you aren't involved yet, I would say get involved. Um, Right to Life of Michigan has, I think, around 100 um, local affiliates in pretty much every city and town in Michigan. And through those local affiliates, you can meet um, meet people in your community, and you volunteer, and you fundraise, and so you're doing all of that. Also, educating people in your community mm-hmm. through you know educational tables, through fairs, through booths at different events, through your churches, and so that's a really big way that we've been able to um, educate the whole state grassroots style. And so I would say if you're feeling lost, like you don't know what to do, that that would be the number one step. And maybe get your church involved, too. I know not all churches are involved, but you can talk to your uh, church leadership and see if you would be willing to go to pro-life events or help fundraise or donate to a pregnancy resource center in your local area. If you don't want to get involved with an an organization and you just want to support locally, that's a great way to do it. You can know the people who you're giving directly to. Yeah, definitely. I think those are um, probably the biggest ways right now to support the pro-life movement to continue on with our mission and all of it is very appreciated, anything that you're able to do. With that being said, I think we're going to end it here. I hope everyone has a wonderful Easter and that it's relaxing and hopefully the sunshine can come out. Thank you for listening and have a great weekend.